The stars are shining in every direction. The ghost field is barely noticeable. It's a wonderful day here in the astral realm. Hello, I hope you're doing well. My name is Endeavorance, and welcome to episode four of Podcast from a Desk in the Astral Realm. One of the beautiful things about being in the astral realm is we're not really fixed in time. And one of the side effects of that is my coffee cup, since it is also unstuck in time, sometimes just has more coffee in it. It's it's a nice little benefit. Um, the downside being that sometimes you go to take that first sip and it's already empty. So, you, you know, double-edged sword, generally pretty good though. But let's go ahead and jump right into this episode with a little bit of history from Earth. If you have seen SpongeBob, today is a special day. It is Leif Erikson Day, a day to celebrate the person who was actually credited with discovering America for the Europeans. Of course, people were already here. It wasn't a new discovery, but as far as the first Europeans to set foot on this land, Leif Erikson is believed to be the one to have actually set sail. The day was first established by then-President Calvin Coolidge in 1925. He just kind of acknowledged it and <laughs> didn't really make it a federal holiday or anything. It was eventually formalized in 1963 through Congress, who asked President Lyndon B. Johnson to uh, deliver an observance proclamation so that it could actually be formalized as a federal holiday. It has been reauthorized every year since then via proclamation, and it is now generally celebrated, although much more via the SpongeBob take than anything else. Fun fact, this date has actually nothing to do with Leif Erikson. It's not believed that he did anything on this day. It's just a day that they chose in fall, because fall is generally when we think that he landed on the continent. It does coincide nicely with the arrival of the ship The Restoration, which had a whole bunch of Norwegian immigrants coming to America that landed in the New York Harbor on this day. So that's, you know, that's something, and at least gives them something to go off of. But largely, it's just the SpongeBob joke, and, you know, that's one way to keep things relevant, I guess. So if I've got one thing to say to you today, it's Happy Leif Erikson Day. Last week, I put out a call for mind-blowing facts, and thank you to everyone who submitted, uh, both in the Discord and directly to my email. I've picked my top three favorites, and I'm going to go ahead and go through them, read them out to you, and uh, see what my reaction is, because I haven't really internalized these facts. I've glanced over them and picked ones that seemed interesting on the surface, but here we go. I'm going to go ahead and give them a read uh, and see what my actual response to them is going to be. Sylvie writes... Sharks have been on the planet for 400 million years. Saturn's rings have been in existence for about 100 million years and will be gone by 100 million years from now. Sharks have already been around double the estimated lifespan of Saturn's rings. Honestly, my first reaction to this is I'm kind of bummed at the idea of Saturn losing its rings. Like, I feel like that's just such a part of its identity and I know that's very human-centric because Saturn 
has outlived humanity by a huge margin and we're just assuming what it's supposed to look like but something deep in my brain is just like no saturn needs to have its rings and if it didn't have its rings we, we just can't call it saturn anymore but here is an idea what if we took the sharks and launched them at saturn because if they've already been here for 400 million years they're probably good for another 400 million and if saturn's going to be losing its rings anytime soon it seems only right for us to jump in and help and if the sharks can lend a hand in this scenario, I think that'll make up for all the, you know, eating people by the beaches stuff. I believe as I go through these, you're going to notice a theme because almost all of these are animal stuff. Partially because Sylvia wrote in a bunch of really great animal facts uh, and partially because I like animals. But going on to our next fact, that nice nerdy girl writes, In 1919, James Cohen Smith donated 55,000 pounds to the National Gallery of Scotland on the condition that a portrait of his dog, Callum, be on display permanently in the gallery. It is still on display to this day. This is absolutely me. Like, this is, this is me. <laughs> I don't have 55,000 pounds to donate to a museum. I do wish I did. Uh, but if I did make a big donation to a museum, I would absolutely tell them that they have to front and center display a painting of my dog. Flynn is the bestest boy ever and absolutely deserves to be in a museum. Especially if I'm going to pay them 55,000 pounds. Apparently in today's money, that correlates to about 2 million pounds. If I'm going to give somebody... 2 million pounds, and I don't actually know what the exchange rate is between pounds and vibe conduits here in the astral realm, but still, if I was giving somebody 2 million of whatever currency, that better come with the condition of an oil painting of my dog on display permanently. I've also looked up this picture, and it's really wonderful. I'll see if I can link to it in the show notes. Uh, the dog appears to have recently captured an animal of some kind in the photo. So it's like the dog with a rat on the ground in front of it. Very, very good. Like, hey, here's this portrait of my very good dog. Look at how good my dog is at catching things. I want the world to see this forever. That's pretty much the only way you can properly honor your dog, I think, now that I think about it. Like, no other memorial holds up to that. That's, that's the goal now. Moving on to our final fact of the day. Sylvia writes, Manatees have no real defense measures. They cannot swim very fast. Their teeth are so far back that biting is unrealistic as a defense. And they have nothing else in their bodies to fight with. Despite this, alligators give manatees the right of way. My very first response to this is I was not aware that alligators took driver's ed uh, and are aware of what right of way is. But that's good to know uh, as I'm driving around, especially in the swampier parts of this world. Uh, but that's pretty amazing. And it's got to be a respect thing, right? Like manatees are, I mean, they're just universally dope. Who's out here being like, I don't like manatees. Like they are by far one of the wackiest animals on this planet. They're they're just big ocean goobers. And I, I actually, okay, henceforth, I'm calling them ocean goobers. But they just kind of float around and bump into things. Just let them be. They don't give a shit about anything. Why should they care about the alligators? I think alligators pick up on that. They're like, you know what? You're vibing. I like I like the energy that you're putting off. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you around. 
Because sometimes after a long day of chomping and snapping my jaw, you just need someone to cast a chill-ass vibe so that you can help pick it up. And manatees, I'm sorry, ocean goobers, they do that. Well, thank you again to everybody who submitted facts. I really appreciate it. Uh, I am not going to give out a community prompt this week. I am going to take a bit of a different approach next week. But I do want to leave it absolutely open for anyone. Uh, If you have any question or interesting tidbit or advice question, anything that you would like to send my way, you can always email me at neverendingfeast. That's neverending at F-E-A dot S-T neverending at F-E-A dot S-T. I might feature it on the podcast, so whatever you send me, make sure you're okay with that potentially being on the podcast. But really anything at all from the community, go ahead and send it my way. If it's really awesome, I will absolutely include it. Oh, hey, James. How's it going? No, no, no. I'm just recording the podcast. Yep. Okay, I'll tell them. All right, see ya. Sorry about that. That was James. He's a jack-o'-lantern that flies around uh, only during the spooky times. He's a good dude. Uh, He kind of doesn't really respect the concept of doors because he can just kind of phase through walls. So sometimes you just look over and there's a floating jack-o'-lantern looking back at you. But he's he's just a lonely guy. He only gets to exist around this time of year. So I can understand wanting to maximize the social... What? Yeah. No, I'm telling them now. Yeah. What did we talk about with doors? Yeah, use the... Okay. All right, thank you. Bye, James. If you've seen or listened to pretty much anything else I've ever said on any platform ever, it should be of no surprise to you that I am not much of a fan of our boy Elon Musk. And I'm sorry to have said that name into your ears just now. Uh, I know that it's typically not worth it, but it's... What I more or less want to talk about here for just a little bit, and it's not really about him directly, I promise. I've recently decided to move back off of Twitter. I made an account on Twitter after I started getting a little bit of popularity on TikTok, and I don't know what possessed me to do it. I used to be on Twitter all the time. It used to be my like only social network, really, and... I stopped using it personally for quite a while, and I I started a new account under the handle Endeavorance as I started doing more content creation. I don't have a very large following there, and I'm perfectly okay with that, because Twitter kind of (laughs) sucks, honestly. Uh, it's, It's just not a great place to be anymore. It's filled with a lot of really wonderful artists and musicians and whatnot doing some cool stuff, but a lot of it is just toxic garbage. And increasingly, they're leaning into crypto and a vibe that doesn't feel good. They're catering to, I think, the wrong people. And with the stuff going on with Elon Musk buying Twitter and the will they, won't they crap and the potential future of the platform once that deal does go through, I just, I don't want to be anywhere near it. So I'm going to keep my Twitter account, but I'm going to have it in maintenance mode. It's going to be available for if you want to follow me there. If you do use the platform, by all means, do that and follow me. I'm going to be cross-posting everything that I do that's important to the Twitter account. So YouTube videos, major updates, stuff like that. But I've instead moved over to Tumblr. Uh, I've made a Tumblr blog. You can find it at blog.endeavorance.camp. 
And it also cross posts everything I post uh, into my Discord. So if you're not already in my Discord, I highly, highly recommend that you join. It's full of really wonderful people and we're doing some really cool stuff there. Tumblr is not perfect. It is not my ideal social network. In fact, I think I've made it pretty clear that I don't love social networks to begin with. But as far as a good combination of old style blogging platform, but in a place that people already know and feel comfortable following on, it strikes the right middle ground. Typically, I would set up my own blog either on a custom web service that I made or using some esoteric indie blogging offering or something just because I'm extra and I'm a tech nerd. But in this case, I just want a place that I can just throw random thoughts at it and it gets published. And that's exactly what Tumblr does. And that's all I really want from a service right now. So if you want to follow my random ramblings, head on over to blog.endeavorance.camp, follow me there. And if you are Elon Musk listening to this, fuck you. The last thing I want to talk about today are some parting thoughts, and specifically this time I want to talk about organizing your brain in general and just getting that information out of your head. It was until pretty recently that I was feeling quite overwhelmed with all of my content creation stuff. I was feeling increasingly frantic and overwhelmed and like everything had to be done all the time and like I was constantly forgetting something. And I don't know when this happened, but I realized that a large part of it was because I had stopped journaling and I had stopped maintaining my task list and whatnot. Journaling is really cool for just getting stuff written down and going back to read it later. It's exponentially cooler when you go back and read years old entries to see what you were up to back then and just see how you've changed over time. That's awesome. But in the exact moment, one really cool thing you can do is just a brain dump. Everything that's on your mind, everything you can possibly think of in a given moment, just write it down. Open up an empty notepad document, preferably an obsidian document, or just get a piece of paper and a pen and just write down every thought in your head in this exact moment. Everything. Get it all out. Get it out of your head. It, it, it's amazing how it feels to feel like you don't have to hold on to it anymore because it's elsewhere. It's out of your head. It's written down and you can always come back to it later. And it really helps you identify the stuff that you do need to actually keep in mind versus the stuff that's just rolling around in your head that you didn't even realize you were carrying along with you. Taking it a step further, either again with a physical piece of paper and a pen or your favorite app of choice, I highly recommend keeping diligent to-do items. The second that you need to do something, the second that a new chore or task or something comes up that has to get done, put it in your to-do list. It doesn't have to get done this exact moment, but if you don't want to lose track of it, write it down. Because you will eventually forget to do something otherwise. This has the added benefit of letting you see, here's all the stuff I have to do, here's what I can get done today, and as long as I tackle at least some stuff on my list, that's progress, and that feels good. It's important to acknowledge that you're going to get overwhelmed with to-do items, but it's even more important to realize that once you're getting overwhelmed, you can take that time to go through your list and see what's not important, either push it way, way out in terms of due date, or just get rid of it entirely if it doesn't actually need to be done. If you've been procrastinating on it for a while and nothing is really going to get hurt if you don't ultimately do it, then screw it. Put it off. Make a new list that's a maybe someday list and put it there. But in general, just get the stuff out of your head. 
free up that space to just be with yourself for a little while instead of having to hold on to all those thoughts and having everything be so loud and pulling you in every direction to the point that you just can't even focus anymore. But with that said, I'm going to end it here. Thank you so much for spending some time with me. And thank you for listening to episode four of Podcast from a Desk in the Astral Realm. Take care and be well. <laughs>